Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 1, Chapter 21, about holy sorrow. If you want to make any progress, the fear of God must always be about you. Don't expect to be wholly free from restraint. You will have to keep all your senses under control instead of giving yourself up to thoughtless enjoyment. Indulge rather your heart's sorrow. That way lies devotion. A sorrowing heart is the key to so many blessings, which a wasted hour can easily fritter away. It's surprising, isn't it, that man's heart can ever be really contented in this life when he reflects seriously on his exiled state, on the many dangers his soul runs. Frivolity of mind and carelessness about our faults deaden us to the sense of our soul's misery. And so, as often as not, We find ourselves giving way to empty laughter when there is good reason for tears. There can be no real freedom, no enjoyment worth having, unless the fear of God and a good conscience goes with it. Well for you, if you can manage to clear all distractions out of the way and concentrate on a single point the exercise of holy sorrow. Well for you, if you can say goodbye to all that leaves a stain behind it and burdens the conscience. Strive hard to reach that goal. Habit must be formed if habit is to be overcome. People will not let you go your own way. Yes, they will if you leave them to go theirs. Don't make other people's business your business. Watch your own step all the time. And don't waste all your good advice on your friends. Keep the best of it for yourself. No need to be depressed. If you find that your fellow men don't think much of you, What ought to be weighing on our mind is that you are not behaving like a true servant of God, like a good religious. That is where you need to improve, to be more on the watch. Quite often we shall find it does us more good and involves less risk if we don't get much comfort out of this life, especially where human comfort is concerned. If we get little or no supernatural comfort either, that is our own fault. We haven't set our hearts on holy sorrow. And so we don't go the whole way in renouncing the paltry enjoyments of sense. As for supernatural comfort, be sure you have done nothing to deserve it. Affliction, and plenty of it, is all you deserve.
once a man is master of this craft of sorrow, how full of weariness and bitterness the whole world seems to him. Look where we will. A good Christian man finds much to make him weep for sorrow. Whether he looks into his own heart or looks around at other people, he soon realizes that there's no such thing in this world as a life free from trouble. And the more carefully he looks into his own heart, the more deeply will he feel it. After all, what are the real grounds for our regret, for this inward sorrow? Our sins, those vicious habits of ours that hardly ever let us think about heavenly things, so completely are we wrapped up in them. If you thought more about death and less about the years that lie ahead of you, you couldn't help being more eager to amend your life. And again, if you reflected seriously on the punishments that await you, whether in hell or in purgatory, I feel certain that you would be more ready to put up with difficulty and suffering. No hardship would have any terrors for you. But there it is. These things don't get under the skin. We are still in love with the allurements of sense. That's why there's no fire in us, no energy. Often when our wretched bodies are quick to complain, the trouble is weakness of the spirit. Pray to the Lord humbly, then, for this gift of sorrow. Say in the words of the sacred author, Lord, allot me for food, for drink, only the full measure of my tears. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, child of Mary, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Thomas Aquinas teaches that fear is one of the feelings in the heart, feelings in the will and the emotions, that arises when we are faced with a difficult, evil thing that's in the future and is possible to get away from. Object of fear, the things we fear are evils, that is things that are harmful to us, that we wanna get away from, we don't like, we feel an aversion for, there's something bad for us, something evil. And they're difficult to get away from. We don't fear small things. We don't fear a little evil thing. You know, we fear things that are 
that are large, that are difficult, that are challenging. But these challenging evils cause fear when they're in the future. We don't fear things that are in the past. We fear things in the future, things that are coming towards us. And we also only fear them if they're possible to avoid. And the fear is a kind of falling away from this evil thing, pulling away from it. It's our reaction to this great evil that's in the future, that's coming towards us. So why do we have fear of the Lord then? Isn't God pure goodness? Isn't God all love in whom there is no shadow of change? How can we have fear of the Lord if fear is for something evil? Well, the answer to this, this difficult problem in a way, is that fear of the Lord is not primarily for God himself, but for separation from God. The evil that comes from sin is being separated from his love. And the eternal separation from his love is hell. And so the most fundamental kind of fear of the Lord the lowest form is a fear of eternal separation from God that makes us afraid of doing something because it will bring as a consequence damnation. Now that's a kind of servile fear when we fear things only because they will damn us. But still, that's a gift. If that's all we have, that's good. Because it's based on faith in the fact that there is eternal rewards and punishments for this life. The life that we're living now, this short little span, is our trial for eternity. And how we die here, whether towards God or away from God, determines everything for eternity. But as we grow in our relationship with God, so fear of the Lord develops. It's always going to be for something evil in the sense that it's something that we really don't want. Something great, something difficult. And as it grows, we fear any kind of separation from God, separation from his holiness, separation from his love. Separation from his sacraments, separation from prayer, separation from a greater friendship with God. All of these we want to avoid. And all of these we can avoid if we stop sinning. And so at the heart of this fear of the Lord in terms of fearing consequences is a kind of reverence. You see, we can believe in God. We know what God is. We know how great he is. We believe that Jesus Christ is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. But yet our hearts don't reverence him. They don't seem to want to submit to him. And that fear of the Lord is the foundation of that submission. 
that's humility, because it makes us to reverence God. It makes us to feel in our hearts that God truly is great. We don't just accept it in our minds, but our hearts reverence him. We're struck, deeply struck by the holiness of God. And that is a gift. And this is the basis of Thomas Akempis' thought. So all that is Thomas Aquinas, theologian, but that's all in the background of this kind of chapter in which fear of the Lord is the foundation for this holy sorrow, in which fear of the Lord is a gift that we have to pray for. So everything he's saying tonight depends on the direct movement of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It means wanting to have the fear of the Lord, the holy fear of the Lord. And when we have a holy fear of the Lord, which the Holy Spirit inspires, then we begin to have true humility. Because we reverence God and now we want to submit ourselves to him. And when we want to submit ourselves to him, when we have humility, then we are in a position to recognize more deeply our own defects, our own faults. Humility is submitting to God based on self-knowledge. And the self-knowledge that we have is that we have faults and failures and bad habits, that we have sins, that we have chosen to go against God, and that we have a, a, an inclination to go against him. This is one of the main sources of humility. The other source, Mary's source, is to recognize our own complete dependence on God. There's a source of humility that comes from being a creature. That if we could only know that we were truly creatures, humility would follow. But besides that, there's also the way of knowing our weakness, our nothingness, our emptiness. And when we see ourselves giving into that side of ourselves, when we see ourselves falling again and again, when we see ourselves yielding to this fallen nature that we have, we see ourselves above all forgetting to pray, trying to do it all ourselves, thinking everything depends on our effort. All of that leads us to have a holy sorrow. Sorrow is a sadness, a resting in an evil, a resting in an evil. And what is the evil that we're resting in, that we're stuck with? Ourselves, <laughs> our fall inside of us. That's what we're stuck with. We can't seem to get away from it. The good I want to do, St. Paul says, I do not do. And the evil I don't want to do, that's what I do. Who will save me from this body of death? Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so in the midst of this sorrow and this humility and this fear, our Lord of glory, the one who was crucified but risen and sits at the right hand of the Father, he is our great hope, not ourselves, him. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So let us pray tonight to keep our hearts lifted up. Sorsum corda, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord, the Lord of glory, 
Jesus Christ who suffered and died for us. All of our sins can be forgiven. All of our weaknesses can be transformed through the power of his blood. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.